Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to our uh, uh, Juneteenth edition of the Rap Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you again for joining us uh, as Rap Nerds presented by the Music Support Group. Uh, it's your host, Darren, aka 40 Ounce Guru. Uh, my man, Kurt, live in, live in the net from LA. What's Talk down? to the people, What's man. Up, man? Uh, it's Kurt, uh, Leroy Green III. Uh, yeah, thank y'all for listening and tuning in once again. We also have a special guest on the pod today. I'll let, I'll let Darren introduce his, his long time. Yeah. Uh, like a sister to me, man, we've been friends for years, and uh, she was gracious enough to join us on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. Uh, we really wanted her input um, as she's been a part of the music support group for a few months now, and we were talking about this specific topic in the chat. Um, I'm sure you guys will be able to guess what we were talking about, but um, Kirsten, introduce yourself to the people. And, uh, and then we'll kind of get into it. All right. Well, thanks all for having me. Yes, my name is Kirsten. Um, I'm from Atlanta. And you can follow me on Instagram at underscore Amani, A-M-A-N-I-K-A-Y. And it's Amani K. And I'm enjoying being a part of music support group so far. I'm looking forward to this conversation. She's the newest member too, right? She's that? like the like the latest member to join too, right? Yeah, she's the latest yeah. member to join. I think she's the newest member. <laughs> I am. Ooh, how many members do we have now? We are like, uh, like kind of the 15, We might be close to 20 now. We might be close to 20. We've had some people go in and out. So we've had some people come in and drop out, but we still have yeah, a, we a strong, but out of, strong out of the 20, I think, I think maybe 20, only like two or three might have dropped out. One person dropped out. I don't even know why they dropped out. Yeah, they came whatever. in with some good energy. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Oh, oh man, yo, that's all right. That's, that's, that's really real. what it be, that's man. It's how it be, that's man. Real. Um, so, yo, first off, um, like, there's been we haven't talked since before Memorial Day, and I feel like that's a whole world, a, a whole world ago. So, like, how's everyone mentally doing? Um, I'll let I'll let the lady go first. I'll let, I'll let Kirsten go. Aren't you, first. Aren't you a gentleman? I can say now, with it being the end of June, I'm in a totally different space than I was, say, at the end of May. The end of May, it was like, what's about to go down? What is like, what is this? Um, it's not like it's the very first time, especially as a Black person, then Black woman, that I've experienced a whole lot of just what in the world. But now I can say that with self-care, close-knit family members, like groups like this, just other outlets to help just kind of hone myself in, bring myself back to center, so to speak. I really can't complain. I'm like, I feel blessed at this point just to be who and what I am and just trying to push that energy out on everybody I come in contact with. So now, really good space. Looking forward to July, put it that way. <laughs> I, I would hope that July brings something better, but I mean... <laughs> I it's like every month it's like you know who's next is for like know, the most fucked up yeah, shit that can happen. Yeah. So best, I don't even... The best part about July is that I have actual dates to look forward to, right? Like I think right, that's exactly. like I think out of like this the past what three four months we've been stuck in this pandemic. Um, you didn't have until my July fourth. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like like so I have my wedding anniversary on July eighth. I have my you wedding didn't. anniversary on July eighth, and my birthday mm-hmm. is July twenty eighth. So, you know, mm-hmm. so I have at least two dates to look forward to, plus basketball okay. is returning. So, I mean, somewhat. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully, yeah. We hope. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I think um, I'm, I'm good, man. 
I'm good. You know, uh, I think when was the last time we talked? Was it? Was it? It was before. It was like before Memorial Day, bro. That was our last episode. Like yeah. Before, so like, I mean, it, yeah. I had my son. My son was born. Um, he officially CJ. turned. Yeah, officially Ooh. turned a, a month. Uh, yesterday, um, on the nineteenth. Uh, I've been good, man. I, I, you know what? I've always. I think I've taken after my dad. My dad taught me at a at an early age, like he didn't say it in these words, but these are my my own words. Like shit happens, you know what I'm saying? Like life goes on, you know. You can't just you know stew around and be sad about stuff just because it is you know life isn't fair. Like you know, mm-hmm. you know, speak up, you know, fight your fight, but keep marching on. You know what I'm saying? Like life is gonna pass right. you by if you don't. Um, so I've kind of like tried to approach that mentality. Um, and at the same time, trying to, you know, take away from like Twitter, um, Facebook, I only, I get on, I you know what I, every time I say I'm going to delete my Facebook, I just, I just keep running back. Cause there's so much ignorance on there yeah. and I love it. <laughs> Y'all stronger than me. Stronger I made than me. the change. <laughs> the month of June brought me to the place where I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I, this cold turkey, I was like, bye. But I, I just... I, I get a kick out of like sometimes I get on there and I get like real righteous on people, right? Especially like back home, I get real, I get real righteous. <laughs> Here you go, and Here I you, get you know move move to West Hollywood. Oh and man, you know, no, I used to do it all the time. I used to do it all the time in Atlanta. I used to do it all the time in Atlanta, and people were so upset. So I got real righteous on there, right? I started calling out church folk. Tell me why I had pastors calling me. <laughs> I'm sure. My mama done don't commented. Act like you don't know what the South can put My mama done commented on it. <laughs> Listen, don't forget where you came from, man. Right, they, they, they was upset. But I like to go in there and drop a bomb. But other than that, man, I've been good. I've just been enjoying my son. Um, just watching him grow. He's, he's changing by the day. Um, it was funny because you remember I, I FaceTimed you the other day, Darren, and um, uh-huh. I had just got my hair cut. That next day, he was not fooling with me at all, man. Like at all. For anyone that saw Kirk before, if you would have <laughs> saw the picture, how I saw him, what was on my? I think a few days. It was on, on your my birthday. birthday. We talked, bro. This man, Kirk. I almost didn't recognize him. I was like, "Who is this homeless man, bro? Is everything okay? Are you? Do you, do you need some food? Are you okay?" I was like, "Who is this man, bro?" So. So I know you, and that's the first thing your son saw. Your son saw Man, for two weeks, so he was you not, like a completely different person. He was not fooling with me at all. And dude, I was so I was so heartbroken. I was like second guessing. I was like, man, maybe I shouldn't have got a haircut because he was like every time I would hold him, he would just start like busting out crying, like bawling or whatever, and just get real fussy. I was like, you know what you look like? You look like if if rather in Castaway, if it was not Tom Hanks, if it was Idris Elba, that's what you look like. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> I, hey, I have been adhering to these social distancing rules. Unlike some of y'all, I have been adhering to these social distancing rules. Boy, it needs to be, y'all been crazy out here in these streets, man. Y'all have been crazy. Yo, bro, I, I was, before we get into it, there was a, I, I was driving this morning to get some breakfast, and there's, there's a, on the radio, you know how Atlanta be, we gonna party regardless. Mm-hmm. And they were advertising this, like, this two, three day, or uh, it's Juneteenth festival up by, like, Lake Lanier. And I forget what the last night was, but today it's supposed to be like an indoor mansion party. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Indoor mansion pool party. But they were still advertising social distancing. I don't know how the hell that was supposed to work. Oh. 
<laughs> but, oh but I love my people, man. I love my people. <laughs> I do. There's no, man. I love my people, man. That's the best transition Bro, into this to this next topic is how much I love my people, man. I love. Oh my people. man, look, man. We're gonna talk about. Uh, so today we're gonna talk about uh, just the the last month of how crazy it's been. Um, how we as people have been handling this. How honestly, America has been handling this, right? That this has been some a wild. Um, a wild uh, uh, experience, I would say, in the last few weeks. Um, and we're also going to talk about how hip hop's kind of reacted to it, the commentary, the actions. Um, and then we're going to get into some of the music that artists have related around, I've released relating to the, um, the topics. And uh, we're going to finish <laughs> with uh, <laughs> two of the, uh, one of the most prominent rappers in the game and um, another very talented rapper and kind of their beef as far as how they're approaching this specific unique time so let's get into it let's get into it Thank you, white people, for finally discovering and recognizing racism. That's a that's been pretty cool. You know what? Month. I don't think it's been a discovery <laughs> for them. I think it's been more of a just like a, a like a, a recognition. I think they knew it existed. I think they just <laughs> they were knew. just they just didn't care. And and, and to be to be no. fair to be fair, it, it wasn't like all white people, right? It was, but it, there was there's I like like especially like in the corporate space, there's mm-hmm. been like a collective. All right, you guys are right. This, they, they, they're wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. been a collective. It was, it was different right. when it, you can't, if you could be passive and you could just kind of be like, I know this happens, but right. maybe if I just don't, that, that thing when you do something crazy in traffic and it's like, okay, I'm going to pull up next to them and I'm just going to look straight uh-huh. again. That's, that's literally mm-hmm. what was applied. And now it's just like, nope, you're in this too because it matters for everybody. It affects that. They're- at the end of the day, it affects everyone. Exactly. They're not allowed to be ostrich anymore. They can't just put their head in the sand. I mean, more or less they can, but at least at the very least they're choosing not to be. And so now you have all these people injecting themselves into these um, these peaceful protests alongside of us, which has been great, but it's also unfortunately put them in the sights of these over-aggressive police. And so now you're seeing these, you know, these journalists. They're, they're experiencing it firsthand. Exactly. They're like, oh, this is what y'all been talking yeah. about. We're like, Yes, it's been happening for uh, yes. over a hundred years. Like, duh. Yes. <laughs> yes, I was doing anything exactly, <laughs> exactly what we're talking about. So that's that's been pretty. Um, it's been pretty eye opening to see that. Um, I, I I do want to say that um, I think when when and I can't speak for everyone else in their respective jobs, but um, it has been very common happening across the corporate spaces is that you have your white and, and, and non-black coworkers reaching out and asking how you're doing, how you're <laughs> handling this. And, and I think the the main thing that I've been trying to communicate to people, and I think this is a shared sentiment for all black people, is that the only difference between this last month and every other day of our lives has been that there's a collective recognition of it, yeah. and recognition and like a seeming a seeming want to all right we need to actually enact do some something sort of yeah. that's the only difference <clears throat> and so that part of it in addition to people asking us for our feedback and asking us to drive conversation and asking us to say you know or what can we do that part has been exhausting because it's not up to us to solve a solution that, to solve a, a problem that we didn't create so that problem is that aspect has been exhausting but overall I think it's been uh, it's been 
it's been a, a, a challenge to, to deal with that aspect, aspect of it while trying to deal with the typical mental challenges of dealing with seeing people that look like you become murdered. Um, so I think, it's, I think that's why there's been a lot of dissension amongst black people and how to deal with that because there's obviously there's black people are not a monolith and we all deal with things in different ways. And there are also obviously challenges that um, the different demographics of black people deal with. And I think that's why there's been like such a, um, like a, just a dissension in what they're, in what they're dealing with. Yeah. Um, and I think I want to kind of get you, get your guys thoughts on that uh, specifically from um, the woman's perspective as well. I think that at the end of the day, like you said, black people are not a monolith. And I think that a lot of people are having issues because another huge conversation that was going on almost immediately before and still going on is about mental health in the black community and trauma and unpacking that. And it's difficult to kind of continue that narrative as important as it is while also having to digest someone who looks like you, your father, your mother, your brother, et cetera, dying on every screen that you turn to. And then I don't know about everybody else, but for me, sometimes it's not even the video, it's the comments of the people mm -hmm. justifying it and searching mm -hmm. to justify it. Like, oh, well, he took this picture at one point holding the gun, so he's not mm -hmm. speaking clean. Like, it's, there's always a justification for the fact that this person was gunned down and, you know, if it's a child, it's a young man. There is like, a, mm -hmm. you, you over, it's always something. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's black people are having some difficulties because for one, black means many different things, comes from many different spaces, um, access to many different resources in some communities and absolutely none in others. So people are trying to figure out where is that middle ground. And the reality is there may not be a middle ground. <laughs> it's just a middle ground that change needs to happen. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting because it's just starting and there's people who literally can do nothing but just try to be safe. And then mm -hmm. there's people who are and their anxiety is through the roof because as we're also seeing, you can be sleeping in your bed. Previously, the, yeah. the suggestion was don't do anything, you know, illegal or why would you wear a hood or why would you be out walking at night? You know, mm. why was he running? Yeah, but now, now kicking in your why door. was he sleeping in yeah. her bed? Yeah. Like, is he, like, will you? So, yeah, it, it's going to be a struggle for sure. But I do agree that it's not our job to fix something we didn't create. We can offer, you know, of course, uh, amazing peace and several different elements of that conversation. But America, this isn't new. We, we it's just on, it's on them. <laughs> I've yeah, been chanting. Yeah. We've been chanting what's going on. All we can do is, our, is use our voice to scream and force you to recognize what the fuck's going on. And I think, I think right. at the very least, Black people have done their responsibility, which is for the last hundred year, hundred years we've made it very clear what the hell we're dealing and, with and, and, and I, what the hell needs to be done. And I think to that to that point, like our answer to 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 our white counterparts and our non, you know, Black counterparts. Uh, when they ask us, like, what could we be doing? Listening, listening, learning, and and then then going out and 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 you know, and reading, and re read a fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> listening, don't yeah, say this, reading. This, don't say yeah, reading. Like, this, this, this we gonna thought, get into that too. <laughs> but but my my <sighs> thought my thing is like this thought that we need to have dialogue, like there needs to be a conversation. 
what what do we need to have a conversation about right that's like what what, what more are we talking about yeah like, what, what more needs are we to be talking about? about we've been saying this for a hundred years like what what is yeah. there what conversation needs to be had and and if the dialogue isn't around like like legislative and and, and exactly and, and i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it we're not talking about exactly. anything right i'm like, starting to feel like sometimes the conversation is almost like I'm saying let's have a dialogue, but I'm really asking you to convince me. That convince me, yes, that's like, that's, that's, that's what exactly. it is. That's, that's what it is. What exactly, that's what it is. It's playing devil's advocate. They want to play devil's advocate, but what about this? What about that? No, the devil, like, no damn the devil could. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If you're advocating for the devil, what does that make you? What, <laughs> what, what are we really doing? Here? I'm, what does that make you? If you're advocating for the devil, right. what does that make you? Right? Like they're <laughs> no, they're they're this. We don't need to have a discussion. There needs to be listening. There needs to be learning, and then there needs to be action. Right? Like even on the pl- part of like on some black people, we need to be listening and learning. Like I, I absolutely like. Sure. There's a lot of things about the movement that I I've been learning about. You know, in the past few weeks or whatever. Um, but in, in, in the same instance, I don't think, I think people think that when you're, when you're listening and learning, you have to also speak like, no, just shut up, <laughs> shut up. White, that's, that's my advice to white people. You don't have to respond. You don't have to respond. You just don't. be quiet, listen and learn. And then once you finally feel comfortable and educated enough, then go out and respond. Right. Yeah. Like learn about the politics. Something I've been learning how to do is tell myself, like somebody tells me something and I need a minute, I'm like, well, I want you to know I hear you and I receive that and I'm going to do some work and if it's okay, I'm going to get back to you. And I just use that just in trying to be a different person. And mm-hmm. sometimes I wonder if if that would even be helpful. Just, I hear what you're saying. I receive that. Thank you for sharing. And you don't have to respond right away. Like dialogue, communication can go very far sometimes. Don't just ask, obviously don't just sit there and say nothing. Yeah. But you know, it's okay to just simply say, I receive what you're saying. I need a minute. I yeah. get it. Cause it's new to you. And it's cool. a, and it's a lot that. too. So it's cool. new and it's a yeah. lot too. Yeah. It's a lot to digest. Like there are parts of racism that I'm still learning about today. <laughs> right. You right. Know, that, that probably don't directly affect me, but I'm, I'm sure I've grown up around it. I've seen people that mm-hmm. it affected. I have family members that it affects. You know, mm-hmm. um, I always joke with people like every problem that black people have goes back to like racism and like slavery. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> people always tell me like <laughs> I'm, I'm being seen, like, I mean, literally, people say I'm being literally, some, even like, when people radical, bring up black on black crime, it goes back to that. It's crazy. Directly or indirectly. Yeah. I mean, it's, so it's, it's, I think it's, um, it's, it's interesting. Like we have these different perspectives, right? And we, when we're, we are using our various voices to get things out there. Um, and then so that from that perspective, that kind of brings me to um, hip hop's kind of reaction over the last few weeks and, and the various calls for certain rappers and certain people on, on, on that are elevated to a certain level that they want them to say something. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I always feel uncomfortable when, when we as black people police each other on how we want each other to respond and deal with um, these type of incidents, right? But I also understand why we want certain figures that have the power to carry their voices places that 
will ultimately listen because whether we like it or not, shit doesn't happen unless white people want it to happen, yeah. right? Yeah. Unfortunately, their voices are the ones that are ultimately heard and respected. Like, some people will listen to us, but if I say something and this, you know, you know, middle-class white man says it, it's going to it's sound- hold more impact. It's gonna hold way more Right, impact. it's gonna, his, 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 if he's co-signing what I'm saying, then that's going to give us some credence. And so, and if I am in the position of, of, of black, um, in, in my community to where I'm saying something and the white male will listen to me, then I might feel responsibility for me to say this because he's going to be listening to me and in turn, more people will be listening to him. So I definitely get why people want certain rappers to be saying things. Um, to, but some, sometimes they're not necessarily equipped to be saying the right exactly, things. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly, dog. Like who, like Ch- Dave Chappelle said, like who cares what Ja Rule thinks about it like, yeah, at a time like this? Right? Like it's, it's, I don't it's care kind of what J. Cole has to say. I don't care what Kanye has to say. I don't care what Jay-Z has to say. Like, I don't care. <laughs> delicate balance. And something, I, something balance. that got exposed to me was definitely the dynamic of like, I recognize the privilege that I possess where... I'm not looking to them as my mentors and as my example when it comes to certain things. And there are people who feel like those people or the abstract, so to speak, of what they represent is what's raising them. Like I have a friend that just feels like everything Jay-Z talks about pretty much just made a map for how he's supposed to handle business and his life and everything. And I mean, that's a terrible, cool. way <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I, I look just at him like he has Jay-Z four heads, when he but came from selling crack. well, that's not the part that anybody wants to look at or the fact that he was 90 when he was doing it, but everybody's <laughs> just like, Hey, he's the blueprint. So let's just follow that. And so they look to these people to have a comment on everything so they can figure out, how to live their life. I can't relate, but I know many people who do. That's a sad way to live. <laughs> That's I a don't sad, get it. I, I, so they're yeah. the ones that you see commenting on every little thing. And we talk, we always talk about shade room and stuff like that, but they're the ones that are tapped in to everything that the celebrities are doing, saying they care and they look for it because as far as they're concerned, these are the people who are pushing the culture. They want to be a part of the culture, going into that conversation with clout. But they so, want to be aligned with everything going on. I don't know. But to that point, so though, that right? Go, to go that ahead, point, though, um, like if they go back and listen to their music and listen to their art, like you can hear that they speak out about these injustices, right? Like, what more? For sure. You know what I'm saying? That's my point. Like, what more needs to be said on the on the part of the yeah. black artists that had that has already spoken up against that? I don't understand the them. argument for Kendrick, especially because I mean, literally, listen like, to his can you music. Not hear? <laughs> like I, I don't get it. I don't get it. They're like I don't. I don't understand. He gave us literally maps. I mean, he even performed on a live. The man it, had a, The man had a bunch of gangbangers outside the, the White House on yeah. the studio album. I was at the Grammys. <laughs> yeah. Like what more? I don't, do you I don't want? understand. So yeah. it's. I think it's also like. So you have the artists that it's always been in their music, right? And people that say they don't speak on it just. Just say you don't listen to the music. That's okay. Right? <laughs> but then you have some artists that there are people that otherwise wouldn't be re- getting the certain knowledge that are my peers may have, or not even my peers, but other people may have, um, or getting a certain level of. Can you guys hear me? Your mic went out for a short yeah. second. You you want to repeat what you just said? Am I? Am I bad? So. God damn it. I've been trying to find <laughs> Hold on. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Never, yeah. God damn it. 
it's, it's the devil. It's the devil. It's the devil. <laughs> Damn <the> devil. <laughs> All right, hold on. The transition into little baby. <laughs> That's the black church folk. That's the black church folk, man. That's man. Hey, but before you before you hop into that little baby, I want to say this real quick. Um, so before we switch subjects completely, I want to say this. Um, so I have called like when you initially brought up how you know you received the white messages from your coworkers and everything, you know how you felt kind of tired and and stuff like that. Um, I I initially was tired. I think right now I have like a renewed sense of energy. I don't know. I've, yeah. I've been reading more, been learning more. You know, me and you're reading the book um, "Why We Can't Wait" by Dr. Martin Luther King. <clears throat> Excuse me. We learned about the uh, the the movement down in Birmingham, Alabama, down in the '60s. I think it was six, 1963. Um, yeah. I think just honor. I think learning more has given me like this this kind of renewed sense of energy, and like we were talking on the phone the other day, like I, we, we can't be tired right now. Like this is like, if you, if you're tired, take a break, black people like disconnect from social media for a week, a day, like talk to your family, do something that makes you happy that you enjoy. This is just the beginning of the game. Like we can't be tired now. Right. Um, and to white people, I would just say that I think you guys need to start looking at everything you do. Like not not in the sense of where you just be hypersensitive hypersensitive about everything, but in the way that you talk at work, you talk about people, the way you vote, who you vote for. Like you need to be thinking about all this stuff. And if you're really truly for um the liberation of black people, like your voting patterns may need to change, right? Um, even, even if you want to vote Republican on the national level, because of the, you know, the, the, you're a conservative, which I think a lot of people really are, but you have to also understand that a lot of people are quote unquote Republicans or, or, or liberals or, or, you know, because of their views on black people. So, um, I'll never yeah. forget. I was talking sure. to. I'll, I'll never forget. I was. Talk, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm, I'm rambling at this point, but I'm almost done. I'll never forget that I was talking to uh, uh, Brian Brian Cox, uh, D lineman they split for the Dolphins, and he was on Hard Knocks. He used to work for the Falcons. Um, me and him were talking. He was like, "Kurt, I, I make millions of dollars. Like I should be voting Republican all the time, but I know how they feel about us. You know." Like, I know how they feel about us. Like, I, he, he was like, I, I'm to the point where my problem is more so classism than racism. But at the same time, I know that's deep rooted in racism. And I know how they feel about my family. I know how they feel about people that look like me, that look like you. Like, if you're truly, really about, you know, helping black people out, you need to be looking in your voting patterns. That's that's my input. Now we can get into little baby. 
I'm out to tune in. I'm married to the game like the bride and the groom is. If you don't want to move, then leave the room in. To you, the type of nigga, believe the rumors. But I'm the type to show y'all what the truth is and show you how the coop is. When you don't know where the roof is and the interior is stupid. So I'ma shoot my shot and just do it. Cause I can't stop my love for the music. Been a decade. So Lil Baby dropped his, his this, this track. I got to pull it up. Darren's a host. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Look, man. Look, look. I, let me jump into. I, I got one percent, and so I'm just kind of keep talking until I fall off and dial in the mother phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's was what was brilliant in what he did was he spoke from a position that could speak to his core audience, um, recognized his responsibility, and that he has the ears of a lot more people than he ever thought he would actually have. Yeah. Spoke to spoke to what was going on presently spoke to his personal experiences mm-hmm. right spoke to the content in his mm-hmm. music and he understands how the content can be perceived as counterintuitive to the progression of black people but from his perspective and what his experiences were he didn't necessarily have a choice in doing these things but that being said people that are listening to his music they may not have that same choice they may have other choices to where they can do other things and they don't necessarily have to go on the same path he may have and he cut out. <laughs> um, so he was talking about Lil Baby's track, uh, The Bigger Picture. Um, he dropped this, I think it was like last week, was it, Kirsten? Yeah. Yeah, he dropped this like last week or two weeks ago. Um, basically, like he was saying, he was talking about his experience as a black man um, growing up in the hood. Um, I thought it was a dope track. I don't know if you, li- have you listened to it yet? Or have you ran it? Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. I um, When I first heard it, I enjoyed it for many reasons because like Darren was saying, I mean, it tapped into getting a whole different group. I'm not going to say getting them involved because they seem to be involved as it is, but just it it gave them a rhetoric and it gave them something to like tap into from an artist that Mm -hmm. they usually don't necessarily go through, go to for that information. Yeah. Um, And I liked it because it had like that um, appeal to be on the radio so more people can it hear does it. have radio appeal i didn't even think about that it does have, it, it has it has specific atlanta radio appeal i would say that <laughs> yeah for sure for sure um i i like it because it's like off the strength of his album i don't know if you've heard his his album uh i'm just lost i'm so lost my turn uh <laughs> which was dope um off the strength of that album he just drops this and and i saw some people comparing it to lil wayne and for a minute so so this is so in in terms of quality i don't think it was little wayne-esque but Mm -hmm. i do think that in terms of like releasing songs it was very wayne-esque like wayne would drop albums and then come back and drop singles and mixtapes like a week or two afterwards plus he did give us like the original album of my turn and then like i think five or four more tracks of deluxe what I missed. <laughs> Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, you bet. We basically just talked about how little baby just he did his thing. Yeah. <laughs> nah, so man, baby uh... did his thing, man. Straight up, baby <laughs> did his thing, and like I don't know why Cole couldn't do the same thing. Go ahead. This ain't nothing but the devil ruining our podcast, man. <laughs> But yeah, so you I brought up, baby to Wayne. No, so I was I was bringing up. He I brought up having that combo. Yeah, so I brought up how you know people were comparing this to to what Wayne used to do, 
um, back in the day. And I was like, in terms of quality, no, because Wayne was just on a different level. Um, but I think in terms of style and delivery and how he dropped the album and then dropped, you know, four or five more tracks on top of the album and then drops this mm -hmm. single. Um, I do think that was very Wayne-esque. But in terms of quality, no. Nah. To be fair, though, you're saying no, nah, but like it's not... It's not a dick to little baby in saying that. Like it's, no, it's not. Little baby's on. He, the, like he, I said, the, I said. His, go ahead. I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was, he, he'd arguably like the highest dude with the game. Like he can't miss right now. Yeah, I like, agree he, with you he, wholeheartedly. My turn. My turn. That album was was dope. I ran it. I ran it back the other day. Um, it's dope from from start to finish. Front cover. Like, yeah. No skips. Content <laughs> delivery, man. All this. No skips. Yeah, man. Baby, baby in his bag, and I, I was, I was not expecting that type of track that he dropped. The big, bigger, uh, bigger picture, um, or the bigger, the bigger picture. But I was like, yo, this is you spitting, bro. Like you, you really, you really am here speaking, speaking truth. Like I can't argue anything that you with your content. Like I have no issues with it. You really out here with it. Um, I, I loved it. Um, right. and it, it, it just, it didn't. He didn't. It didn't come from a sense of of self righteousness. It came from a sense of. Like he wasn't trying to overplay his hand. He wasn't trying to speak, you know, larger than he is. He was just speaking his truth and speaking for people that he felt that he could represent their perspective, their view towards what's going on. I thought the biggest thing is very, very, very important. Very, okay. Good, good, right. Chris. I'm sorry. I don't worry. I feel like it really had like that humanistic element. Like I, yes. I let my my parents listen to it, and they mm. related. They loved it. I mm. mean, and normally they're definitely. Somewhere in between, oh yeah, I like that, and turn that mess that 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 noise off. <laughs> That's how you be treating <laughs> so us in the chat. They, I mean, but when they heard it, my mom was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to check out some little baby," and I was like, "Oh, I, was <laughs> oh, I don't know, you <laughs> gonna check out." I was just go like, I, was oh, like I don't know, I don't know, sis. Just just stay here, <laughs> but I I like that because it you can be you know 50 or you can be 29, whatever. You heard something in that song that you either experienced or that you relate to. Yeah. And it made it, it took it back because it, I feel like sometimes when we have these conversations, everybody's all like tight and tense. The song feels good, but it's talking about something that is uncomfortable. And that's, that's, that's a crap Kirsten, in and of itself. I, I, don't do know if you, I don't know if you heard this, Darren, before you had computer troubles. Uh, Kirsten mentioned that it, it, this, could, this has radio appeal. Bro, I heard on the radio uh, yesterday. I mean, oh, granted, yeah. this is oh, like, you know, local Atlanta radio, but yo, like, I'm like, yo, this is this is the track. Like, this could easily be a number one track if it if it yeah. catches the right way. But yeah. this is, yeah. and, and he's showing off his his his, his um his pace. He's showing off his style. He's showing no, off. Dude can rap, um, man. His, I, he's bro, a long he's way from like when off. he first came. Like, I thought he was just a spawn of Thugger when he first came out. Man, this dude has separated himself wow. so much, and I, I love it. I Bro, love it. It's right. Like, sure. Thug saw something in him, and he just, like, he's like ran off. Thug, he told us he was going to be, he told us him and Gunner were going to be stars. And lo and behold, these niggas what's, are stars. What's the story behind the baby? Was it, like, Thug, like, paid him to get in the studio? Like, bro, like, you need I, to get I, off the street to it? Is I that think, a true story? Yeah, I think he just, like, I think he just, like, knew he was out here in the streets. I think he knew him through other people that in a circle that he knew, and... He um, somehow maybe got him his raps and or heard him rap some, something like that, and then he helped him get out the streets, and the rest is history. Mm. And that is what we call reaching that handbag. That's how trickle-down trickle economics is supposed to work.
never let it go Yeah Now this right here is not a preview Of what the album gonna bring you like oh, but let's go to uh let's hop over into this the, the more spiciness this the spiciness rap beef because yo, because i don't know if this, is, is this a rap beef who's supposed to be the woke conscious rapper he couldn't do that now could he oh god he couldn't oh. do little baby did not oh, could he <laughs> oh oh <laughs> you know man i i i honest with you man so i listened to, to the j cole track again right and the J. Cole track was called Snow in the Bluff, which, man, that was whack, too. Like, I don't even understand why he, I, he kind of, he did like a, in the, in the, in the, in the track towards the end, he did like a dig on the, um, on Snow in the Bluff, calling it fake, and made a parallel to some of the other events going on. It was, I don't know, it was some weird hotel shit. Anyways, um, <laughs> I, I think the way that Cole's, he's smarter than what he gave us. Well, you know what? Let me stop. I thought he was. You, you know, so I don't. So I disagree. I disagree on that part, Darren. I do disagree on that part. We need to get out of this. So I disagree that he, calling him like he's not as smart as we think he is. I mean, like that's not what I said. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. Okay. I said he I said, said he wasn't that he smart. He, he wasn't as smart as I thought he was. That's okay. He and that, whose fault is whose fault is that though? Is that yours you or his? That is my fault. That is absolutely my <laughs> fault. Right. You are absolutely right. I, I, I blame myself. <laughs> but I mean, you in all fairness, it's it's the representation. You believe what you're shown. Even if I just start with what's the song called? Lights, please. Listening to a song like that. That's He's literally crazy. talking about how he is so conscious about oh. what's going Bro. on the fight of the black person, conscious. the black man, what Stop we're going it. through. So Stop it's like, it. I mean, yeah, you can be, but that's just one song of many. So for him to come back deep. now and be like, that's like oh, him. I don't really be reading. That's like Cole coming on that Miguel. What's that? Is that the Miguel song? What Miguel song is that? Where he oh, came in oh, talking uh, that uh, bullshit? Please, please chill or some shit like yeah. that. I'm talking about Kaepernick and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, girl, we trying to we trying to serenade the girl, but we trying to get the mood. You over talking about black oppression? Shut up. Okay, so then is he, is he playing into a narrative? Then? I is think he, he is. He's playing into his fan base, man. He's playing into his fan base. He is because he let Nas down. Remember. Remember he let Nas down? Nas ain't that yeah. smart. Like, stop. These rappers but, ain't but, smart. But Peep pe- pe- is, though. Peep is, though. Pe- remember, like, how we, we all, Cole fans love talking about how deep his music is, right? And then you had Kev, like, that's like, yo, his music is good, but you guys have to stop looking into his lyrics as if they're, they're these complex mental gymnastics. Not, I promise not. you it's not. He's a great and then rapper. Here comes Cole himself, playing, hey, man. I'm not that right. deep. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> that deep. <laughs> I don't know why y'all thought I was that deep. <laughs> I, I, rhymed or- I rhymed orange with orange. <laughs> I'm then, not that on, on top of that, so on top of that, which is cool, like he coming out, but it's like he pref- he, he he came into the song and he prefaced um, before he got into the meeting song, prefaced saying, "Yo, I'm not that intelligent. Yo, there's a girl out here smarter than me." And I'm scrolling through her timeline, and I'm like, "Yo, she's you know she's." Pre- Speaking of a lot of things that I agree with, but she said, you know, she's mad at certain celebrities for, you know, not talking up. And I, I felt like she was talking about me. Yo, if you go back and look at that, look at that tweet, it did not have to, I would not think of J. Cole because J. Really, Cole was, he was out there. Like you see him out there in the front line. No one would have ever at any point have accused J. Cole of not being for the progression of black people, not using his voice for the progression of black people, not using his resources for the progression of black people. 
no one would have accused him for that because mm-hmm. he is in these streets. And, and I will stand by that because I see it. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, he felt attacked <laughs> by that specific tweet. And then he decided to go in to start criticizing her. And uh, and her, we're talking about no name. She's a, she's a, a rapper from Chicago. Um, you may or may not have heard of her, but she's been out she's uh, kind of bubbling on the, on the ground Very for the last dope. 10 years. Very she's dope. super talented, real poetic type shit, really, really good rapper. Um, and also uses her platform to voice a lot of different issues, not just for black people, uh, specifically, but, you know, black trans, black women, um, and also, you know, the, the plight of black poverty, all the, like, she's very in, in tune with what the black experience I'm trying to speak out on. Um, so Cole kind of talks about her and saying that, and again, she doesn't use her name, he doesn't specifically say her name, but when you look at the tweet that she said, and we look at the lyrics, it becomes very clear that it's directly related to her. And so he's, he's talking about her and saying, why is she not using her voice? Teach people, I'm not that smart. We're not that smart. Teach us, blah, 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 as if we don't have the ability to read and all that. So it's, it was just a very passing the blame off on this young Black woman who did the research herself, who mm-hmm. you know didn't necessarily have the same advantages. She went out on her own and she did the reading. So why is it her responsibility to teach you? And so I say that because just as, as we were saying earlier in the podcast, where it's not our responsibility to teach white people what the fuck is going on. It's the same thing for black men. It's not our, it's not black women's responsibility to teach us what the fuck is going on. If they're saying something and we listen, cool. And we listen to it, but we can also do our research. We can use our eyes. We can see what the fuck is going on. We don't need someone to sit here and say, yo, I need you to teach me. I think you're giving a lot of us credit there. I really do think I, right. I, I right. think I, right. I tell you sure, this all right. the time, man. I think you give people right. too much credit. <laughs> Forgive me for trying to for trying to give give my, my people bro, some hope and credit. <laughs> I, I think you give people too much credit, bro. Like I I honestly do think that some men men in general just need to be led by the hand because they are dogs and animals. Like, <laughs> bro, like, if you no, but if you like legit, Whoa. legit, if you hear some of the rhetoric, like, if you hear some like do, the way dudes talk, like, especially like online about women, it's like barbaric, bro. Yeah, it's barbaric. Yeah. Like, I've never noticed. I I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> and. And you know I'm not saying this just to be caping for you know what I'm saying just for cape for the moment, Darren. Like you know me, like I, I know you, like, I know you. <laughs> like it's barbaric, bro. Like I asked my wife the other day, like it, it out of like kind of like joking because I saw this shit on Twitter. And dude was joking on Twitter, but I, like asked her like, "Am I misogynistic in any ways?" And she was like, "Let me get back to you." <laughs> <laughs> But she only listed like two things, and I don't even think those two things are that bad. But I ain't gonna mention them all, all out on the air. We'll talk about that offline. Okay, you know you have you can work through it first. It's all good. I don't think I'm gonna work through We're these good. two things. I'm I'm dead set. <laughs> and this is what they talk about. Though. I mean, <laughs> like I tell people all the time, like Darren and I have been friends what 15 plus years, 15, lots 16, of years, 17, years, all these years, and. <laughs> I tell people all the time, like, it's a blessing. I have male friends that get it. And I don't have to, going back to the earlier conversation, convince them of what my experience is or that just remotely what I'm saying is true. Yeah. 
and or even if it's only true for me. And there's sometimes there's this narrative with a woman, period, especially with a black woman, that there has to be an enormous amount of people with other women who experience the same thing or feel the exact same way in order for my single singular experience mm. to be valid. Mm. And it makes it that much more difficult. And so having brothers, um, like Darren can tell you, I have a sister now, but growing up, always the only girl. I was always the only girl. So being around in that environment, you hear things, you see things. And I definitely would feel like a lot of the men that I knew, whether we were family or not, they have this relationship with women that is very, it, it's, it's rooted in what that woman is giving, providing, mm-hmm. doing. It's rooted in that base. And they, they love you. They care about you. They recognize the, the need of your presence in their space. And obviously, I'm not talking about all men. But what ends up happening is when you are no longer giving that or when you're trying to bring their attention to something that's not a part of the usual dynamic or Lord, when you ask them to be accountable, Father God, it turns <laughs> into a whole different conversation. And you you become this whole different person that you've never been. You go from being the most loyal, loving, you just all of these beautiful things to all kind of things that, you know, I don't even want to say now. So it gets hard. And going back to the Cole and No Name situation, it, it just, there were two things pulled from it. The second thing, uh, the first thing what Darren mentioned, the second thing for me was the idea of like this whole tone thing, like tell it to me in a way that I want to hear it. I want to receive it. Um, Now, I will give the caveat that there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, when you are speaking to people who are not yet at the place that you're at, considering that Mm -hmm. you too had to grow to that level extend a level of grace and empathy to the people that you're speaking to and don't treat them like they're stupid or yeah. they, why aren't you here yet or yeah. whatever. That conversation is something totally different than saying like, I don't really like how you told me that. <laughs> like that's a whole different thing. Him saying that, I don't think anybody has a problem with that sentiment alone, but mm-hmm. I think it was the way that it was said, the fact that it was subliminally said without any confirmation that she was even talking about him. And also when you consider the timing, because this was mm-hmm. a hard week for black women. So mm-hmm. I think there were black women who also just saw that like enough is enough. Yeah. Like we saw women getting hit upside the head with skateboards going viral and getting pushed in dumpsters, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to mispronounce her name, but I'm assuming it's Oluwakoyan in Tallahassee, mm-hmm. Florida. It's found dead after after being sexually assaulted by a black man yeah, the day that, that she heart. was out protesting for black men. I like, thought I, that broke yeah. my heart. Once I like I saw the I saw the stories or whatever, and I I thought I I don't know why my immediate thought was that you know a white man killed her or whatever, <clears throat> but once I read mm-hmm. a black man did it, I was I like wow. I, that one, that one man. broke my heart. Yeah, that one broke my heart for real, for real. She's protesting, yeah. and and, they, and that's like so. And further in this conversation, No Name responded. Um, she likes to just. She's very simple with the names of her songs sometimes, right? So she she has like Song Thirty One, Thirty Two. This song was called Song Thirty Three. I didn't listen uh, and to it. And it, it, it really was a direct direct response to to Cole, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very it's like a, a minute and a half. It's very short. 
Uh, she gets right into it, right? And, um, you know, it's a, a demon on my shoulder. It's looking like a patriarchy. I scrub him above the ceiling, bleaching out another carpet, how my house haunted, why Tony and Bobby don't embody all the life she wanted. Um, she talks about that. And then, you know, she dives into it. You know, this is, it's, he's really writing about me when the world is in smokes, when there's people in trees, when George was begging for his mother, saying he couldn't breathe. You thought to write about me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like all this that, is going on. Like and you thought to write about me. So, so at first I thought like I was on agreement that the, the timing of the track, the timing of the drop of the track was wrong. Like he should have just, mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. But then I wrote, like I, I thought about it and I was like, he shouldn't just, that was pointless. That was fucking pointless. Like all the, the, the entirety of the song, when you read it, so it's like, yo, he's, He's just expounding on his original point. You're in your. He was in his feelings. Over, (laughs) over. He was in his feelings. That's what it boils down to. He was in his feelings. Get out your feelings, bro. (laughs) Oh my god, dog. Get out your feelings. What are we doing here? Like you're not even mad at white people for racism. You're mad at a, a black woman for telling you to do more. Bro, you have a bigger platform, she, do, and she wasn't even talking about you. <laughs> wasn't even talking about because he. There's video evidence of him being out there. She clearly wasn't speaking oh your name. God. She said top selling rappers. There's a lot of top selling rappers. NBA Young Boys are top selling rappers. It could have been about him, but no. J Cole oh thought, God. oh, it's about me and my black ass. Before and that response. So before we get off this topic, uh, I want to ask you, Kirsten. Um, do you think black men have black women's backs? Ooh. Like, is that, is that, is that true sentiment? Do all, I want to say, do all black women feel like that? But I think, do you personally feel like that? Like as a whole, do you think we have you guys' backs? Mm. I, I have to say, I believe that there are many black men who truly are under the belief that they have black women's backs. I think that their intentions are rooted in the fact that they think that they are doing the right thing. Um, But then when you start to unpack certain actions and certain behaviors and noticing whose back they have and whose back they don't have, I'm looking at that sentiment of having women's back that are not just your family and not just the women that you're attracted Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. then we start to have questions. Okay. Um, do I want to, do I want to come out and be like, no, they don't have our back. Absolutely not. Because it's not, it's not, it's not fair, blah, 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 blah. Especially because as we mentioned earlier, a lot of the issues in the black community start with slavery. This is an issue that is way before the year of our Lord 2020. Like <laughs> it is way before, but I think as it stands, black women are the furthest out there that are having to protect literally everything and everybody. And somehow when we speak on our experience, it becomes a competition for which one of us are more oppressed. Mm. And our job tends to be something that consists automatically of protecting you, the black man. But we don't see a lot of narrative in society where that man's job is to do the same thing. We hear support your household, take care of your household. But just like we have to do more, so do the men. Mm. Like, it's not just about are you financially doing this and are you showing up for your children? 
but there's an emotional side to that. There are other components assigned to that. I've personally witnessed people make questionable comments, decisions. You know, we joke all the time about people's comments, even just every time a new future song drops. It just, <laughs> it just becomes, let's hate the women, you know. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult because there have been times where if I say something, oh my God, especially once I went to law school, now, if I articulate a point where I don't agree with the man, I tend to find myself saying, I respect your opinion. I always feel like I need to start there mm. because I noticed that the entire conversation turns into because I don't agree with them. I disagree with who they are and or everything that they're saying. And, and then when they know or hear about the fact that I go to, I went to law school, then it becomes, you just think you know everything. And now all of a sudden they want to break me down all because. I offered a different an opinion, wasn't disrespectful, wasn't loud, any of those things. And it, it, it gets hard. It gets very hard. And it causes me to kind of stick to the relationships with the black men that I know I can simply just say, today wasn't a good day, or I hear what you're saying, but I disagree. And they won't take me down this journey where I have to defend every compartment of what I meant by that statement. That's deep. It's it's hard. It's hard. I mean, (laughs) I can definitely say men have treated me a certain way um, based on that. They treat me better when they find me attractive. I I definitely can say that. Um, I have been in experiences where I've had black men treat me like the worst kind of manure um, just off of colorism issues. Um, I've had black men try to rationalize their attraction to me by trying to say, well, you're dark skin, but you're not really dark skin. Like trying to like help themselves understand why they're attracted to me. So I've been through the ringer. I'm not hurt bay by far with those situations, mm. but unfortunately all of those experiences came from black men. So it's like, you know, it's a choice for me not to be like, okay, it's the issue with all men, you know, but it definitely sex. We gotta do better, man. Protect, let's protect our black, our, <laughs> yeah, our, our women, man. Protect our sisters, man. We gotta do better. Yeah, and I will sisters. add too. It's it's stuff as little as like I've had to fuss at my friends for dropping me off and driving off, mm-hmm. for not pulling all the way up or coming to the door to get me. And their response is, "Damn, we're not dating." And that's and it goes back to that statement, but where I wow. said before, it's not about you being attracted to the woman or her being family. Mm-hmm. But I. I tell people this story all the time. I went to a concert at Phillips Arena with my babysitter. She went to the bathroom alone. We insisted to go with her. And we, but, you know, in the middle of a concert, we just wanted her to wait a second. She walks off. I didn't see my babysitter for another week. And the reason why is because when she went to the restroom alone, the guy that she went with, which was her boyfriend, he went one direction and let her go to the restroom in the other direction. And when she went to the restroom, there was a man in the in the restroom that literally held her. He, he <laughs> snuck in to Serena and held her up by knife point, raped her, put her in a trunk of a stolen vehicle and left her on the side of the highway. And the only reason she was found is because when someone came out to uh, put a citation on the vehicle, she just so happened to regain consciousness long enough to, to make some noise. She couldn't even scream or anything. Mm. And 
you know, it, it's it's little things. Like watch us, look, pay attention. You don't have to be overly whatever, but like make sure you see my big toe go across that threshold. <laughs> like make sure because it can be that fast. I've seen guys hiding in shadows and ducking off. It's 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 sad. I don't even know how to transition from that. I think we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll, end, we'll end on that. <laughs> I think that's I, yeah. I mean, that was, like I that, appreciate I that though. I really do. I I appreciate that. You don't. It's a lot. Um, Look, like these stories are real. These stories are real. Like because men, like like we hear, like men like to act like these. Like oh, it doesn't. It, it some things can sound so outlandish to men, and they say, oh yeah, well there's there's no way that happened. Oh, there yeah. has to be more to yeah. the story without just no. I just take it for what she just told you what happened like that's it doesn't have to be a reason there has not, doesn't have to be a rhyme and reason there's not there's not often not a rhyme and reason to the racism that you receive so why does that have to be a rhyme and reason to the for abuse or for any little thing that a black woman is receiving like it doesn't yeah oftentimes the I, worst things in the, there's no rhyme or reason oftentimes behind the worst things that happen in the world yeah yeah and like I said, it's it's little things, it's small things, and obviously that's different for every woman. But it's 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 literally the most minor things that you think of. Just literally walking a certain way around her. I've been in situations. <laughs> Darren has pulled me out of several situations where I'm looking at him like, "Please come get me," because mm. there <laughs> there's times where I'm scared to move mm. because now, like I've been, my friend and I were talking the other day. I have a Google Voice number. I'll put it out there. I don't mind now. <laughs> I have a Google voice number that I've had to give out because guys, I'll say smartened up and they want to call you before you walk away. Mm-hmm. And even that action alone, why am I held hostage until yeah. you feel like mm-hmm. you have access to me? Yeah. It's, it's the smallest thing. And to a guy, it's just like, I, I'm interested in you and I want to be able to communicate with you. What's the deal? Before a woman, I literally feel like I am obligated because I don't know how this is going to end. I've been called all kind of things out of my name, grabbed up. I mean, we, I don't know if you guys heard the story when they had carnival up in New York and the girl literally got shot in the face because the guy wanted her to twerk on him. And she kept saying no. And he shot her in the face. What was this? And it's, 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 these are things that are like, it's hard. And a friend of mine, she's always saying like, I give out my number left and right. As soon as they ask, I'm like, here you go. Because I don't know what the reaction is going to be. Let Same thing with getting a drink at the bar, <laughs> get followed for the rest of the night. It's 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 hard out here in these streets. <laughs> we got to do better. Man. We got to do better. Unit. We got to do better, yeah, I, entirely. I don't have anything to add to that other than to just listen to your, 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 listen to your female counterparts. Please. Yeah. Like I said earlier, with you know, like white people need to just listen and learn. We need to listen and learn as well. Like, shut up, listen and learn. That should be the I'm gonna name that the, the name of the podcast this episode. Shut up, listen and learn. Yeah. I like shut that. Up, listen listen and, learn. And, learn. <laughs> and just remember, like we said earlier, everything that's said, it doesn't have to apply to like when you hear it you don't have to listen to it through the lens of can i identify with this mm. or has this happened to me empathy mm-hmm. to, empathy over ego hear what wow. the person is like saying that. receive what they're saying it's not about you saying well i don't do that well i've never heard of that don't do that because you totally diminish 
racism, sexism, classism, you, you literally diminish everyone else's experience. When your ego feels like you need to be convinced or you need to, you know, basically tear apart what this person just said. So empathy over ego. Like That's that. If you did, I like if that. If you didn't do it, if you didn't do it, it doesn't apply to you. Yeah. It doesn't hurt to listen. Empathy over Don't ego. Take it straight up. All right. We got to get out of here, um, you guys. I'm sorry that's to cut everybody. Yeah, this is that's, good, though. That's, this I, is no, good talk. It's okay. This episode wasn't so fun. I mean, we had moments of laughter, but this episode, it's, it's a, a very somber and trying time. So this episode needed to have a, a level of severity to it. I think it, I think it met the time. And I appreciate you joining us, Kirsten, to yep. help provide some context and, and, and perspective to this episode. We got to get Kirsten back. We got to get Kirsten back on the pod. I mean, everybody got to get we their will. video on. Everybody needs to... Get in the secure Wi-Fi I'm network. I'm gonna make sure my, my laptop's properly charged this time. I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just recently moved back to Atlanta, so I'm trying to get my life all set up. That's cool. So I'll be ready. We're in the middle. Of, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I, you know, but it's okay. Right. <laughs> um, but we appreciate y'all for listening, um, tuning in. Um, this is Kurt, aka Leroy Green the Third. Um, I want to thank my partner Darren. Hey there, Darren. Did he leave us again? I'm here. Forty okay. Ounce Guru. Darren's here. Um, we have a we. Um, just real quick. We you know we have our, our summer series coming up. Oh um, yeah, yeah. We'll, I forgot about that. We, we, we tease that real quick. Um, yeah, you know what? We didn't, we're not gonna get to what it's about, but just it's coming up. It's like we did last year. Last year we did a, a, a intersectionality between hip hop and. Um, Film, music, sport, business. We're doing something similar yep. this year, so look out, be on the lookout for that. We'll drop a teaser soon. Yeah, so we're doing um, this, and, this yeah. year. We're just gonna do four films. Well, we're we're doing more films, but uh, we'll figure out the number of films. But we're doing films, black films, black blastics, as I like to call them. Um, <laughs> our first film will be Baby Boy, Tyrese, Baby Boy. <laughs> Taraji right. P Henson, Vin Rames. Hey, I know you're laughing, but. This that it, it was, was that, the rewatch. Movie. The rewatch. It was a serious movie. It was a good movie. So we're gonna hop into Baby I know Boy. BT is kind of trivialized that movie, but it, we'll it's a really we'll good movie, about. really deep movie. So we're gonna talk about that um, in our next episode, in our summer series, as we like to call it. Um, I also want to thank. I keep I keep saying Kirsten. You Kirsten. Kirsten. You can do it. Kirsten. I, I I did good the whole pod. Now one time I messed up. We I'm did. so sorry. Did I did. And I want to. I apologize for it because I was like, man, I should apologize, but you was on a roll. And I didn't want to cut you off. Uh, <laughs> but appreciate Kirsten for joining in. Um, yeah, you got any more shut yourself out again? Yes. Thank you for having me again. It's Kirsten. My IG and Twitter is underscore Amani K A M A N I K A Y. All right, y'all. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Peace. You guys enjoy your uh, Juneteenth weekend. Be safe. Juneteenth weekend. And social distance and wear your mask. <laughs> Please. Please. Right. My grandmother Thank needs you. it. Mine too. I swear, guys, y'all, if y'all get my parents sick, I swear to God. <laughs> All right, I'm out. All right, y'all. Peace. <laughs>